Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast. Ryan Koenigberg joined by Will Whalen. We will shortly be joined by Jake Shapiro. He is tending to serious business on the side. Uh, Of course, we are at the Blake Street Tavern, as we always are for this podcast. Uh, But if you don't want to come all the way from Boulder down to downtown Denver, swing by the Colorado Cake House uh, out in Broomfield by the First Bank Center. They've got 75 Colorado craft beers on tap, home of Colorado craft beer. From wheat beers, nitros, IPAs, and ales, nobody does craft beer like the Colorado Keg House. Uh, And speaking of kegs, the Buffaloes Mm. just pouring in the recruits right now. Fresh out of the tap. Couldn't be more true, Ryan. Uh, So they have this barbecue this weekend, and they bring in a ton of guys, and they really did a great job of branding this thing. I mean, like, I thought it was a big deal, like... Every recruit that knows about the Colorado Buffaloes knew about this event happening this weekend, and I thought that was a marvelous job on their, point, on their part. A new thing they did, they actually did it a little bit last year. It didn't, they didn't market it this way. Right. Uh, they get all their current commits in or all their big current commits in there and bring in a ton of guys, a little cross-recruiting there, and they get two recruits out of it. Absolutely. And, and more to come, maybe. And more to come, surely. Uh, at least that's what we're seeing on Twitter and I mean, by the time people listen to this podcast, uh, you know, again, secrets, uh, uh, behind the scenes, look into the podcast. But there will be more commits on board uh, from this barbecue. And this luncheon barbecue event celebration is, it's really for a number of reasons. And this is the first year that they've really made recruiting a huge part of it. Um, and the two guys that they nabbed out of this weekend, Shamar Hamilton, Moral Asling, uh, both committing over the weekend. And... While there are more to come, I think this barbecue is most important for that branding aspect because you're talking about getting guys. We always have talked about so long for so long that one of the hardest things about Colorado and recruiting to Colorado is getting guys here on unofficial visits. You know, when you play in Southern California, when you play your high school ball in Vegas, uh, you can really easily get to UCLA, get to USC, uh, and you play in the Bay Area. You can get to Cal. You can get to Stanford. All these places, you think about the South, the kind of ways that they can get guys on campus without having to take up a, an official visit. That's always been a problem for Colorado with their out-of-state guys. And events like this, that gets people together. It gets people – it gets momentum moving. When you're bringing in so many commitments that you have already, they're going to start just hammering guys on that visit to commit. And Tyler Lytle – uh, the Buffs quarterback uh, told BuffStampede.com that you know he didn't want to just come and have good food. He didn't want to just come and see Boulder again. He wanted to get guys to join the herd. And obviously that has started so far. Um, there's been a lot of rumblings about who else might join the fray. Uh, typically we're talking about a couple offensive linemen. And just I, I know the names will probably be out there before people listen to the show, but just in case they are kind of want to let Respect those guys. Respect the kids. Respect exactly. The kids. We want to let them have their moment on social media or however they choose to announce their commitment. But, Ryan, I I got to thinking, and we always talk about summer in Colorado. You're barbecuing. Obviously, the Colorado coach is taking advantage of this. What other famous barbecues in the world, what other barbecues uh, have reached this level of national importance? Because this is a huge deal. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a barbecue get this much hype since the famous barbecue of uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, the the original, of course, when they're all drinking Corona and their family, not friends, 
I mean, I've had some pretty lit barbecues up at Club Dude. Z. Yeah. Uh, but, man, this and, – and I'll just put it this way. I didn't know much about – like, I didn't – you know, obviously, I'm in a different beat now, so I'm not in there digging, oh, who's bringing the food, who – you know. The perspective I had was that this was a very, very big deal. Like, it gave me the, the idea that there's going to be – like, I just pictured, like, these big smokers, like, right, stacked right, on right. top of each other with, like – pulled pork and just like the smell of barbecue like you can smell it across boulder and yeah all these kids are having fun like there's like great music everyone's having a good time and even if it wasn't that dope for the kids that were there the fact that i thought it was and the fact that you know uh on cotton who wasn't able to make it he's tweeting like oh my god i gotta be there like all of that he had some fun there was fomo spread all around the social media uh social media world surrounding bus recruiting. There were a couple other recruits uh, who didn't make it into town, and I'm blanking on their names at the moment. They didn't make it into town. They planned on being here, uh, but they're going to come back for official visits. And you had them on Twitter saying the same thing. Damn, I wish I was in Boulder because we know how awesome Boulder is in the summer. And that's just as like a human going down. I spent my first day down at the creek last week, right? Mm. And not only is that a summer tradition in Boulder, uh, but it should be for anybody anywhere get near a body of water where you might see some of your uh human cohorts maybe in less clothing than you and i uh that's really one of the funnest aspects i hope you had all the clothing on that uh i had a lot of clothing on (laughs) i have to say i might have even had i I think i might have been wearing a thermal or something oh good whatever keeps the sun as far away from my skin (laughs) as humanly possible you're on that john embry program remember he would come to like he'd come to practices in the Dead of the summer, wearing long sleeves, covering every bit of his body he possibly could. John Embry and I both share one extremely, extremely key bodily function. That's the ability to sweat anywhere, <laughs> oh at God. any time, in any situation. Uh, but seriously, I mean, you uh, the barbecue is kind of, I don't know, I mean, it's kind of like this whole overhaul of the image of CU football that we've been, I mean, we've discussed it all summer, and I get that. But when it comes to... Anything that you can do, this is kind of like the complete opposite of what I go for in my life, finally. But anything you can do as a football program to seem awesome yes. to 17-year-olds, you have to do. Like, I don't care if you look like the biggest doofus in the world. but And you can't say doofus, probably, because then, yeah, then you're think you're then you're a doofus. Yeah, then you're me. Uh, but it's just like, it's, it's this weird world that you kind of have to function in as, a, as an adult. Like, Darren Cheverini is an adult. He has a family. This man is grown a grown-ass man. He's a grown-ass man, dog. He's a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. He's got kids. Oh, and yeah. kids, that, like, kids that are the age of the kids <laughs> that he's trying to impress. And, and he, like, imagine, I try to imagine my dad. Like, my dad does this kind of stuff, actually, already, just because I think he's having, like, a midlife crisis kind mm. of thing. I'm going to let him slide on it. But if he was doing that when I was 17... I would, as like a son, I would have been super embarrassed. But you think about how cool your friends think your dad is when he acts like that. That's kind of like the line you have to walk if you're a college coach trying to recruit these kids. Yeah, it's like, I mean, because you can cross the line in a weird way. And (laughs) you can go from looking cool to looking lame so quickly. So fast. Like, who is the, oh, Travis Ford, who is using too many exclamation points and emojis in his texts. Oh, my God. See, I was actually thinking about this kid the other day uh, because 
We watched him in Vegas or in L.A., then in Vegas, and that's three years ago now. That's three years ago, which is absolutely. I keep seeing it pop up on my time hop, and I get all uh, nostalgic. It's just like how dumb he looked, and then what was so cool was that you had um, Rodney. You had Rodney Billups in the same story where they're kind of publishing. Let me just, yeah, I'll yeah, give yeah, you some yeah. Tell background. The Tell the whole story. So obviously Will and I are out in L.A., anyone who's been following Dominic us. Dominic McGee. Yes. Dominic out McGee. Of Louisiana. Out of Louisiana. So this kid is being recruited. He blows up on the circuit. Uh, Will and I were actually there the first game where people started looking around like, who is this kid? And he starts taking screenshots of the text messages that all the coaches are sending them and tweeting them out. And so, of course, you know, one of the big blogs picks it up and starts putting them all out. Well, it turns out uh, he, he was getting messaged by Travis Ford of Oklahoma State. And, oh, it was just painful. Like It was, it was m- absolutely terrible. Multiple exclamation points on the end of every sentence. I've, emojis, awkward emojis. I've got the text right here. <laughs> Great game! Exclamation, exclamation. You look super. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad already. I will help you get to the league. Our system will help you get to the league. Exclamation. We are proven. Exclamation. We need you. Two more exclamations. You and I will be great together. Two more exclamations. We will have a special relationship. <laughs> Two exclamations. I mean, that's already absolutely terrible. And then you have Rodney come in. Good game, Dom. This is Rod Billups from Colorado. I heard a lot about you from my guy, Wade. Glad I was able to catch you play. I love your game. When we speak on the phone, we will talk more about it. But enjoy the day, and I'll hit you up later. Lock me in. Which is like, That's so perfect. <laughs> I want to play for you now. Like, I just crossed Oklahoma State off the list and moved Colorado up a couple spots. It's just like, and he ends up going to Memphis, and he actually uh, – Quick update on him, which has nothing to do with Colorado basketball, but Dominic McGee transferred out of Memphis is at Grand Canyon University where Jeremy Adams. That might have something up, to do with Colorado. Indeed. Finished up his college career. So that's just like it's just this line that you have to dance. And honestly, it's like this. When McIntyre was introduced as coach, you had this guy with kind of floppy hair. <laughs> A couple extra pounds on him, a little bit of a twang. And some people were like, oh, my God, Colorado just hired Dan Hawkins. Because he was kind of – I mean, I, and I mean this in the nicest way about McIntyre. He had kind of a dweeby yep. idea about him coming into Colorado. And then his first pref- press conference, I've, I've long said I only trust football coaches with southern accents. Or I trust them more when they have a southern accent. I feel accent. that. I feel you that. Know, just because you're like – you. You started playing tackle football when you were two. Yes. And you did X and O's. You were raised yes, in it. you were raised in it. And, and all of a sudden he gets his first press conference and he impresses me a little bit. And then he loses the weight. And he kind of has this like sleek nature about <laughs> yes. him all of a sudden. And all of a sudden he's a little bit more stern. He's a little bit more swaggy, quite frankly. Yep. And he got his swag back. Um, and but I always felt like he lost a little too much weight. Like, I'm like, dude, you're a football coach. Eat, man. You got, like, your life is too stressful for you to not eat donuts and shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's true. You know, but. Or, like, I know for a fact, like, that man loves him uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Like, dude, you got to eat Chick-fil-A. How can you not? Like, your job, like, you cannot work this job 
day in, day out, and just grind yourself to the bone and not eat some yeah. Chick-fil-A. So I'm glad to see – I mean, he. I feel like he's come back a little bit. A little bit. Right, okay, nice, medium, good. like yeah. he's eating Chick-fil-A, and that's why they're going to be right. more successful. He's eating Chick-fil-A, still doing his 138 push-ups every morning, which good. is great for Mike McIntyre. But what's so funny is that all around the staff, you have these guys like Clayton Adams. Before a year and a half ago – who was talking about Clayton Adams as kind of like a dynamic recruiter? He loved I always, recruiting. Yeah. He I always knew energy. he had it in him because he's just he is a cool guy. Like yeah. he's not trying to be cool. And I haven't been around Shiverinia long enough to know it, but I have a feeling he's also not trying to be cool. He's just cool. Uh, Clayton Adams actually is cool, and yeah. he's actually really yeah. funny. Yeah. So I always knew he had it in him. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things is that at the end of the day. It's all about just being able to relate to kids your message and build a relationship with them because that's, a, that's all you can control. Past that, you're kind of stuck in this realm where it's like, well, you don't really – you have so much to sell as a program, sure, but you've got you've to build those relationships. And 99% of a player's time – in the football program will be with will be with the guys at their position and probably their position coach. Maybe not that much time, but quite a bit. And so they want to know who they're playing for. And if they don't feel like if they don't feel like you're somebody they can talk to, if you're a stiff, what why would I want to spend four, maybe five years around somebody who's dweeby, who's way too stern and has no sense of humor, who's just like a guy that I can't rap with on the weekends you know you know you as a 17 year old you you care about that stuff and so the difference between what two years ago and today you think about the difference at defensive coordinator you think about the I mean Troy Walters was a great guy at wide receiver coach but think about the difference with Darren Shiverini and just the I it's just different and so when I think you have those things, you have a coaching staff that can tread that line. Obviously, they've got to go out and win games. That's what matters most at the end of the day. But this recruiting weekend and this whole event and the way they've branded it and the way they've branded freaking everything that we've talked about over the offseason, you see it paying dividends with those two commitments. You're going to see it pay dividends down the line with more commitments coming in from this weekend and obviously uh, – Quite a long way to go to fill out the class, but I expect them to finish on a high note just because we have no evidence to suggest that they won't. We talk about this so often on this podcast. Perception is reality. And as I am taking a little bit more of an outside perception of this program, man, the perception is so great right now. Yeah, and you've got to to capitalize on that. You've got to go out and win football games, but you're absolutely right. And you know what? You want to know how many 17-year-olds – spend their Saturdays watching college football from start to finish? Not, not very a lot. many. Not a lot. Even, even the, these high-profile recruits, not a lot. You know what they're doing? Probably the first couple hours of their day, they're getting over a hangover. Let's just be honest. And then you know what they're Celebrating trying, last night's right, win. Right, you know what they're trying to do after that? They're 17-year-olds. What do you think they're trying to do? They're trying to hit up somebody from their high school and go – Chill. Quite frankly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> chill. That's exactly what it is. So perception is huge, and you want to win games to increase that perception. They're not following every single move you make, uh, but I can't understand 
how anybody could say that the perception of this program, the branding of this program, the momentum of this program isn't on the rise. And this weekend is just another example of it. We'll be right back on the BSN Buffs podcast. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. Preferred Organic Therapy is one of Denver's original dispensaries. They've carried a fine list of award-winning strains since 2009, and they now carry Colorado's largest selection of edibles. You'll find other things like Apothecana oils and creams, Marcaha oral tinctures, and Charlotte's Web CBD. Nobody gives you the variety that Preferred Organic Therapy does. We're conveniently located off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Preferred Organic Therapy, a better way to heal. Don't miss the Yamaha Get Out and Ride sales event at Coyote Motorsports. With low APRs, huge customer cash, and more on Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. From championship Yamaha sport bikes and YZs to sport ATVs and side-by-sides and Grizzly, Viking, and Wolverine models. So see Coyote Motorsports today for huge Get Out and Ride savings. Offers good 216 through 63016 on select Yamaha motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. See Coyote Motorsports for details. Welcome back to the B. BSN Buffs podcast, and I'm back. Jake Shapiro alongside some of his best friends in the world, Ryan Konigsberg and Will Whalen, talking buffs. Uh, and all the three of us. Real quick, congrats to Jake, who just got a raise. Hey! Very, hey! very well deserved. He's in the money. That's why he missed the first segment. He was <laughs> discussing serious business. On the phone with the CEO. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Um, uh, all the three of us, uh, we were, I was thinking about heading down to Ryan's house down south of downtown, and I was thinking we would stop off at the Clock Tower Grill before we head to Ryan's house, uh, right off the Lincoln Light Rail Station. Perfect place to get your pregame on because you know we're going to actually get our game on at Ryan's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, $3 Long Islands on Monday, 99-cent wings on Wednesdays, and $3 shots on Friday. Perfect place to get your pregame on over there at the Clock Tower Grill. Uh, we saw this on all buffs. Uh, the fans are really, really getting into this. There was a, uh, the, the throwback tournament, the, the basketball tournament. There's six pages of a thread long uh, on uh, all buffs about the basketball tournament. It seems like the fans are really buying into this team now, and rightfully so. They're going to the Final Four in New York last week, or ne- next week. They, they played uh, that really, really good game uh, in the Elite Eight. It, which against Team 23, I no, believe. Against no, against Team Utah. 16, Utah 16 was, was a lead. Yeah. yeah, Team 23, then Team Utah. Both really, really fun games to watch. Uh, and it's really fun. I was talking to Troy Andre, the SID, uh, about this. And we were both watching the game together at the Rockies game. And I'm like, it's just so fun watching these guys that grew up watching play again. Like, and all together. It's, I think the fans are finally getting into that now, too. Yeah, it's hard not to get into it when these are, I mean... It's almost like it's so. It gives me just it's it's such a great nostalgic feeling, and from a CU fan's perspective, you just have to be so excited to see a guy like you know Richard Roby and Marcus Hall, who Richard Roby unfortunately out with his sprained MCL, but you know seeing those guys who played together back together, and then you see a guy you know Marcus Hall playing with Austin Dufault, who's from a totally different era, 
Yeah. It's so cool to see them all be friends and come together. And, um, I mean, you watch them after they win these games. They're all hugging and smiling and taking these pictures. It's just got to be such a cool feeling to see Colorado basketball as a whole unite because it's, it's so, it can be so clicky from team to team, year to year, class to class, that when you see everything come together and, you know, you talk to a guy like Marcus Hall, as I did before last year, I was just uh, reviewing the article I did with him last night. You know, he's like, he's like, I love the Buffs, dude. I'm the biggest Buffs fan ever. So it's almost like now he's getting to play with the guys that he's been watching since he graduated, uh, and they're balling. I mean, they don't play the prettiest style of basketball. It almost has a little bit of a Tad Boyle feel to it, even though most of these guys weren't coached by him. Uh, it just – they get it done. And, it, it, you know, when push comes to shove, Marcus Hall has been clutch. Uh, and it's just cool. It's really cool to see the players these guys have blossomed into as they've, as they've moved on. It's kind of cool to see the things that you that maybe used to bug you are still happening, and it, it brings you back like Marcus Relford being way too aggressive <laughs> off the dribble. But <laughs> little things here and there, it's it's really cool to see. Uh, couldn't be more happy for a guy like Bo Gamble, who is the one who really got this whole thing started. He's the guy last year who made the call to everyone, um, begged and pleaded to certain guys to get them to join, uh, and now you're seeing the fruits of that payoff. Not only are the fans excited about it. Not only are the players playing excited about it, not only are the current players excited about it, the school is excited about it. And I'll tell you what, when it first happened, they weren't all that um, helpful. Now they've seen what it does. It's giving them great publicity in the summer. Colorado basketball is going to be on ESPN this week in the middle of the summer. It's un, uh, you, you can't pay for that type of publicity in the middle of July or beginning of August. You could Photoshop it, though. <laughs> you could. They're on SportsCenter every week, every it seems. <laughs> I, I will admit, I, it's not that I didn't support this. I don't want to call it a venture, but it's not that I didn't support the tournament. It's not that I didn't support the team. It and is a venture. It costs money to get into this Okay, thing. sure. We'll call it a venture then. It's just that I was skeptical because I, I, I watched a game against Team 23 and I had heard a lot about the shot making, the, the quality of play in this tournament from guys that I really respect in the business. Um, and what I saw was scary, at times dangerous offici- officiating. I saw not the best quality of basketball being played. At times. Someone told you there was NBA ball handling on display. Look, if you're like, when nobody thinks what you're tweeting is a joke, either you're a savant and just smarter than all of us, or like you need to do better. No, it was a joke is just the biggest cop out of all time. So I think at the end of the day, I'm glad that this is happening because Bo Gamble has, Bo Gamble got the team started last year. He's obviously had a hand in things this year. And this means a lot to these guys. It means hey, two million a lot. dollars means a lot to everyone. But I, I know there's more to it than the, that. Exactly. There is more. Because Marcus Hall, a lot of the guys that were here under Ricardo Patton, they've been forgotten about by Literally, most of fans. If you look at Jeremy Adams' tweet, he's like, Who is this Marcus Hall guy and why had I never heard of him? Spencer did what he asked if was Marcus Hall balling like this when no, he was. No, that, that, that was Jeremy. That was Jeremy? Okay. Yeah. I thought Spencer had tweeted something about Marcus Hall as well. 
Uh, he did. I think in a he just string... said like Marcus Hall is nice or something like I that. I think he said something in a string of tweets with uh, Tony Jones, who's the Jazz beat writer, formerly Utah Utes beat writer uh, for Salt Lake City Tribune. Yeah. yeah, and exactly, they've kind of been forgotten about or just never discovered because you think about it, like a it was new an wave. era of. Colorado basketball that no one cared about. It's a new wave of bus fans in terms of getting to know the program, and nobody paid attention back then. And so it's nice to see them kind of have their moment and recognized as being important and connected to the Colorado basketball community. I think that's really huge for them. Uh, and obviously, it, it's competition. These guys are a lot of these guys are professional basketball players. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. And but at the end of the day, honestly, what what gets me going the most about this? Is that shooters shoot, and Levi can still stroke yes. the hell out of that thing. He had a tough game against Utah, but in that Team 23 game, oh, it was so pretty. Just, I think he was three for four from downtown, just letting it fly. He, man. he gives me he gives me a lot of confidence moving forward in my old age, that as my foot speed, whatever it was once was, as it continues to deplete, I'll still always be able to stroke the damn ball. Uh, and if Levi can do it, I can do it. Damn it. I think That's Levi's still younger than you. No, we're the exact same age. Okay, okay. We're the exact same age. So, like, he has a little bit of an upper hand because... He's, like, athletic? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's, like, the upper <laughs> hand right there. Yeah. Seems like it would help for basketball. Yeah, and, and that's what's really cool is, like, when you look on the... Obviously, we don't necessarily, like, have a message board on bsnbuffs.com, but when you look at sites like All Buffs and whatnot, and you see the celebration around this team, and you see team, people rallying around this team, and... Watching the damn games, like there's this summer, there was a lot of. I don't, I don't think that, there wasn't a lot of drama, but there were people kind of backlashing against the whole "is it November yet?" idea. And and I think people are just not that excited for this football season. I, I you know, I, you know why I say this. Last year, I think people were a lot more excited than they were this time this year. I've because I think to- people have finally, like gotten beaten down a lot of people have reached the point now where they're like i can't get my hopes up again right, right. so it's a, it's maybe it's not as excited thing. as much as i should just say there they aren't as hopeful but okay. Okay. but this is something that's bringing all the buffs fans together it's like great to go on twitter and see buffs twitter active in july i like, actually think i think that's awesome i mean i wasn't covering the team last year but i mean i i'm on twitter every day i, I was at least if we're judging off of Twitter, I think people are as excited about this season as ever. I mean, football, especially with, with I think for they're football. they're excited about the recruits more than they are. And I think season. that has them jacked up about the season. I really do because all of a sudden <coughs> they are, they are, they've been locked in on the program through the whole offseason because of the uptick in recruiting. They recognize what the key for this year is. They might, I think there's a lot more nervousness about this season, but there's a ton of anticipation. And there are a lot of people being like, I think we can make a make a bowl game. So yeah. I think that, I think that, but I I do it's, see what you're saying in terms and of maybe we're just right before. I think fall camp is when it really starts to yeah. ramp up. And I think again, I think this this summer there were a lot of people. There's a section of fans in every in every fan base who prefer one sport over another. There's a lot of people in the Colorado fan base that don't give a damn about basketball. They don't like basketball, or they they've never followed it because they had no reason to. Uh, due to whether it was the Nuggets not having a lot of success or the Buffs not having success or whatever it was, uh, then there's a really small group of Buffs fans that don't really care that much about football, that care a lot about basketball. And there was some backlash against them, uh, you know, because 
for whatever reason, the is it November yet hashtag generates kind of a little bit of a reaction from some people. But what's cool about the the basketball tournament is it's doing exactly what we mentioned earlier. It's kind of uniting the fan base a little bit. And it's, like me, I love watching basketball year-round. But also, damn it, it's fun to watch these guys. And it's fun to watch Buffs have success. If you're a Buffs fan, you have to be like, hell yeah. Like, if they win $2 million, that's awesome for us just because more Buffs succeed. I was Also, I, was like, I saw something like a certain amount of fans, if they win, split hundred grand or something exactly. like that. I was on all Buffs, too. Yeah, and, and they, I think they like supported them financially in terms of paying for plane it's, tickets it's and whatnot. It's making me wish I put a little more. Or like, even if you vo- voted a bunch, you would have gotten yeah, all you had right, right, right. You, you have four votes. If you use all four votes or something on the Buffs. Well, there You're you in go. the money. There you right. go. I wish I would have done something at this point <laughs> now. And, you know, speaking of barbecues uh, and great barbecues uh, from earlier in the show, I was at a barbecue not that long ago and was talking with some guys that have fo- kind of followed my work a little bit for a long time. They were on buffstampede.com when I was there and whatnot. And one of them had something really interesting to say. He's like, the moment that someone enrolls at CU, they're family. Absolutely. And it's my job to take care of them in any way that I can. If they need a job, I need to help them get a job. If a fellow buff is <coughs> bankrupt, I need to step up to the plate and do what I can, even if it's not necessarily donating money, but networking people together. And Well, I just look at what we've done here at BSN Denver. Everyone sitting right here went to see you. Yeah. Uh, our, our Nuggets guy went to see you. Um, our other Rockies guy went to see you. Yep. Like... We had a hand, like, you know, right, when we, right, right. we take care of our people at CU. And, and, like, this is starting to sound like kind of like a, you know, a jerking off segment. But, like, it's not meant hey, to be. Hey, this week is meant for jerking off. Oh, my God. From Ryan's are we tweet. Pardon me? We're talking about all these, conven- these <laughs> the, the, Republican oh, yeah, and Democratic yeah, 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 yeah. conventions, yeah. the world's largest circle jerks. Absolutely. Absolutely. But <laughs> can't believe it, we just said jerking that three off times. <laughs> now it's been four times in a minute. <laughs> and I guess what I'm trying to say is just that, it's kind of cool to see both old fans and new fans embrace a past that maybe they weren't proud of or maybe they weren't familiar with. Uh, and it just I, – I do give CU fans a lot of flack. I'll admit that. I'm probably the most openly critical person of the fan base in the media. But they kind of deserve my applause here uh, because, dude, it, it, it's great exposure. They're trying to represent their program. And damn it, they're trying to make some money. Uh, so it's cool to see them get the support that they absolutely deserve. And speaking of that support, uh, if you go on to the All Buffs thread about the tournament, I posted in there last night, in case you are a New York buff, uh, I posted in there last night a, a code sent to me by buffs a source zero. inside the program to oh, get you a, uh, a 50% off ticket to the game in New York. And, if and I expect there to be a lot of Buffs fans there. I think there will be too. And if you are there... Uh, hit me up, and I'll make sure you get a great pastrami sandwich while you're in the city. Can you get me a bagel, too? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love getting reactions a out of Will. bagel? <laughs> there we go. A bagel? Um, so when we come back in the BSN Buffs podcast, we're going to talk about the fan excitement for next year for basketball and maybe how it's affected by not having that Arizona game. Uh, so that'll be an interesting discussion and, on the other side of the And break. with that, we're going to try to tie in a little bit about is there – what football game on the schedule this year has people most excited coming into the year? So stick around, and we're going to be right back on the BSN Buff Podcast. You. 
Jackson's Hole opened in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, and Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. There's 65 and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing, and there's almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill. By staying at the forefront of cannabis genetics, cultivation, and quality control, the clinic provides the best cannabis you'll find. And with 50 awards, they've won more than any other dispensary in Colorado. There's also a brand new clinic location right next to the Colorado Light Rail Station. And if you bring in a ticket from the game, they'll give you 15% off your entire purchase there. Seriously, check them out. Go to the new location off Colorado or go to theclinickcolorado.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you are not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. If you do decide to file, we'll have your litigation started immediately so that we can get your case resolved as fast as possible. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886. That's 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. Back on the BSN Buffs podcast, this is Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Konigsberg and Will Whalen. Uh, the release of the basketball groupings got us thinking about fo- the football schedule uh, in terms of which game we're going to be most excited for, uh, or the fans are going to be most excited for, both us and the fans. But uh, quickly looking at the basketball schedule, uh, the reason we thought this is because Colorado doesn't have an Arizona game at home this year. Uh, So we were thinking what the big football game would be for the Buffs this year as well. But running through that basketball schedule, Colorado is going to start off at Utah, uh, then uh, in Arizona against the Arizona schools, then L.A. comes to Colorado, then Colorado in Washington, then the Oregon schools come to Colorado, Colorado in the Bay Area. Ryan was okay with that one. Uh, Why do you hate the Bay Area drop oh so God. bad? How many times have we talked about this on this damn podcast? All right. Well, basically, the long story short with the basketball situation is that Arizona schools don't come to Boulder. Buffs are only in Arizona. And the L.A. schools do not host the Buffs. They only, only visit Boulder. Here you yeah. go, Will. I'll say it quick. You can't be from an area. You can visit an area. So you can be I'm visiting the Bay Area. That's fine. You are not from the Bay Area. You are from, You were born in an actual city. You weren't born in an area. Well, the only the only counter argument to that, and we won't drag this on. And I'm too not long, saying it to it you. Gets... I'm not saying it to you. Just to people who say that in general. Well, the thing is, is that when you are from an area with eight million people, and people just kind of know one city, and you might not be from San Francisco, but you're from near there, you're just going to say, "I'm from the Bay Area." Have some pride in your damn city. Who wants to be from Millbrae? Nobody in the world wants to be from Millbrae. You, so you come out, you're feeling good about, you know, Living the 813. You, you're really proud of the 813. I don't know what your area is. It's the 650. Okay. The football team will visit the Bay Area on October 22nd <laughs> when they play Stanford no, in Palo Alto. They're not. No, they visit Palo Alto. Yeah. But they're going to the Bay Area. Well, you said if you visit an area, you can visit like, an area. Okay, so like when I went to the Super <laughs> Hypocrisy. Bowl, when I went to the Super Bowl, I was like, oh, I'm going to the Bay Area because like I had to go to San Francisco, Santa Clara, Oakland. Uh, I went to Berkeley. Oh, so I d- why I went, would anybody go to Berkeley? I don't know. I it's regretted the worst it. Place on earth. It's like a $100 Uber they ride also to a really going bad party. to the Bay Area because they have to fly into one of the three big cities and then drive to Palo Alto. All right. This, is, this conversation <laughs> has happened way too much on this podcast. <laughs> 
But the uh, anyways, you're never from an area. You're from a city. So I'm from the Rocky Mountain region. Uh, what I would say about this is that no, you aren't. I mean, I grew up here. I don't care. <laughs> Where so, were you born? I'm from Washington, the Chicagoland area. Where's your crib at? My crib? Your crib, like when you were a baby, not like Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's where you're from. So, long story short, <laughs> the, uh, the schools from a smaller region of nor- northern Cal- California uh, are visiting Colorado, but not Arizona. And Arizona is always the game that gets jack- people jacked up. Uh, and when you don't have that visiting team, you don't have that kind of atmosphere, you have to consider who's the big game next year. I would think it's going to be Oregon. I think they're going to be a top-five team for most of the year, I think. Uh, and Colorado beat them last year, and it didn't get the excitement it needed at the time. So I think fans are going to try to rally people ahead of that. I think the program's going to try to rally people ahead of that, let's I not, guess. Let's not forget Xavier comes in. Xavier? Well, it's Xavier. 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 I used to say just, Xavier. Well, because Xavier Talton yeah. and Xavier well, Johnson both like the X pronounced. It's yeah. gonna, I was always, the entire time they were in school together, I was like, what if they played Xavier? Well, uh, it's, we, well, we still, we still get one. Get one. Yeah. So when Xavier. Xavier comes to town. Mm, there Xavier hasn't been a Xavier Henry? in a bit. There, Xavier, Xavier Henry. Henri. No. Xavier Henri. No. He played at Kansas. No. It was Xavier Henry. Henry. We're going to say Xavier. We have to say Henri, damn it. We can't just cop out in the middle of the name. Anyways. Um, so, schedules. So, that's the thing is when, when you miss that kind of marquee name for your program – not necessarily just a rival, but like a marquee game that always is down to the wire. Since football hasn't had that. I mean, the Arizona games have been charged, especially like a couple of years ago, when who was the quarterback who came Nick in? Nick Foles. No, no, no. After, so they beat Nick Foles in his last year. But Mike McIntyre's first year, Arizona had, like a, had some quarterback. when B.J. Danker? That might have been it when in the postgame – Mike McIntyre threw all oh. the shade in the world at him. Yeah. Oh, but that, was was the, was, that wasn't the same. The, the Arizona game was the three questions game. But it was later in that press conference when he was like, he made some throws that, you know, he's never made in his entire oh, uh, life. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Arizona games have been charged because it's always felt like Colorado was right there, and then Arizona kind of pulls away at the end. I think Arizona is the, is the first uh, Pac-12 South target for the buffs I, I have to you agree. know if you jump them you're in a good spot because they've turned themselves into a nice little football program uh under rich rodriguez so that's i mean i feel like that's the first team you're gunning for maybe utah a little bit i think they're gonna yeah. you know come down a bit but uh one of those two teams you gotta get them first oh, you know, you, know you can target usc all you want but you gotta get one of those schools i think that's why it's been a little heated they play arizona november 12th in tucson one of the games that i thought you know and obviously i knew cal was going to be on the schedule but if cal was on the schedule i think that game would that be pretty heated unfortunately uh, they aren't or that would have been awesome to see just the that well, week before the game if both teams go to uh the uh, pac-12 championship game there you go so it's definitely so not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, always think, I always think that Arizona State has felt like – honestly, I think Arizona State because, I mean, Graham is just a condescending dickhead in <laughs> general. I mean, we're not on FCC guidelines here. We've already talked about you – know, Are you going to say it again for the fifth time on the podcast? No. So we've already t- – never mind. Uh, so he, he's condescending. He's always said, well – 
we kind of did what we're supposed to do against this team a couple years ago. He made a couple other comments. Uh, he did say one nice thing about McIntyre once in his life, I think. But he can like he's good at pretending to be nice. <laughs> I think it's like Dana Altman. Uh, no, he doesn't even pretend. He's just no, Dana Altman's just a douche. Um, <laughs> I think when looking at this schedule, the the games that are going to get people jacked up, honestly, you kind of look at them. They're kind of on the road. Michigan is a game that would just drive people nuts. Oregon is a game that has hyped up the fan base at one time or another, especially after last year. Uh, that's on the road. USC is on the road. Stanford doesn't really hype anybody up just because Stanford's like the most boring good team in human history. You know, so they're what are you going to do? The they're, like the, they're like, honestly, they're worse than the Spurs of the Pac-12. They're kind of like the hot girl at the bar who has everything that you could want. They know it a little bit, but they're also just the most stale personality in human history. And every time you go, you like try to spit game, and it just doesn't work, and it's just terrible. And you just want them to be a little bit more damn polarized. Like, slap me in the face. They Throw were. a drink at me or something. <laughs> Do anything, for God's sake. And Stanford's <laughs> kind of like that. I guess for this year, you kind of have to choose out of UCLA, Arizona, or Utah. If that game wasn't on the schedule, there'd be – out of which games of those, if you took it off the schedule, would there be no excitement about the home slate this year? Utah? Uh, yeah. Here's the problem with the Utah game. The students are going to be gone. That's during uh. Thanksgiving break. So the most hyped home game is probably going to be the Arizona State game. There was a time when students would stick around to watch the Nebraska game. There are going to be two games during th- Thanksgiving break that no one are going to go to this year, Washington State and Utah. There's two games during yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, November nineteenth and November twenty sixth. Because the November nineteenth is games right of the season. Yep, are both the Saturdays of the first, are both Saturdays on Thanksgiving break. So they're gonna step up, alumni. It's gonna be brutal. I, There's fifty thousand of you around here somewhere. I think at the end of the day, UCLA is gonna be the game that really See gets bus people marketing slogans jacked up this year. <laughs> because. As what was it? What game? UCLA. I'm okay. glad you were paying attention. Sorry, I, that was a really funny comment by Jay. <laughs> Ryan, you said, who was it a couple weeks ago? It was you that said Colorado was better than UCLA last year. They were. And Mike McIntyre also has their number. He's so, always played, He doesn't have their number quite yet, but he's always played them closer than he should have. But they do have a Jewish quarterback, so think about that. I'm, I, I can't, you said analysis. Boggle? Boggle? You said Get to the bagel. point. Whatever. Bagel, bagel. You're Get to nah. the point. The point is, UCLA and Colorado have played those close games. UCLA has a chance to be ranked coming into that game. I would think that they will be. Josh Rosen has a lot of hype around him, obviously, coming into this year to take that next step to show that, okay, in another year, he's going to compete for the number one overall NFL draft pick. I think UCLA is the game that you have to look at on the schedule this year and say, this is your marquee game. Without this game, that would be the least exciting home slate that I've seen in a really long time. I just look at that Utah game because it could there could be a bull game on the line there. Sure. And th- if that's the case, there's going to be more excitement around that game than there has been in any game in a long time. And the, but that's also why I consider you have to consider attendance in Utah. I mean, depending. If that game, depending, is, if that game has a bowl game on the line, it does not matter. The students won't be there. It will be a sellout. One would hope. Yeah. One would hope. I'm going to argue that it's Arizona State just because I think that's the most winnable game. Um, 
or maybe Oregon I think State they're is. All really I winnable. think they, I guess that's true, but I think Arizona State is winnable and also has a brand. No one cares about Oregon State. I mean, people, students yeah. at CU actually do not like Arizona State, and I think people just don't like Arizona State. So I think there's a little bit there. It's not a rivalry. I just think right, people right. don't like Arizona State, so it gets people out there to say, you know, screw this team or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an amazing time. <laughs> bring that, bring Screw that, that si- team or whatever. <laughs> bring that side or make that shirt, please, somebody. And by the way, I was talking about attendance. That could be the first BSN buff shirt. Oh Screw my that God. team or whatever. <laughs> uh, just real quick on attendance, uh, I'm kind of dismissing the chances of Utah being a sellout if there's a bowl game on the line. I made a couple. Co- uh, I made a comment a couple weeks ago on the podcast where I said, when Wyoming comes to town, nobody gives a damn. Somebody on Twitter. Ted, I, I can't, our buddy Ted. Yes. Uh, found, he is the, the attendance man. Found just, numbers by the way, and a picture. 50,000 people at uh, that game. And I remember being at that game and looking around, feeling like it was not that packed. Times I was have wrong. changed. I was times wrong. He, he deserves some credit for that. Well T- done. Ted also deserves some credit for this, which I'm don't, I feel comfortable breaking. He is going to release on Ralph Report an attendance spreadsheet that dates all the way back to 1923. Ted loves him some numbers, <laughs> yeah. dude. He just loves attendance. He can also tell you uh, what happened, who, who won, and in how many games every World Series ever just off the top of his he head. Just like say, you like saying that because you don't think I can do it, and I can. He can't. Uh, okay, anyways, right let's move the, on to the TSM <laughs> Bus podcast. We'll be right back uh, after this commercial break. Or whatever. Euflora is the Apple store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to eufloracolorado.com. That's eufloracolorado.com. Rain, sleet, or snow, 24 hours a day, residential or commercial, you name it, A-Team does it. A-Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same-day repairs. A-Team Garage Doors has a five-star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A-Team Garage Doors at 720-556-8016. That's A-Team Garage Doors, 720-556-8016. Call 8016 for the A-Team. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. Life Flower Dispensary on Leedsdale serves medical and recreational until midnight. We are a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, we carry a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and we even carry glass too. Check out our menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details. Life Flower Dispensary. Open 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday through Sunday. Mention BSN Denver and get 15% off your entire purchase. <laughs> Back on the BSN Buffs podcast with Shap, Will, and RK. We got one last segment for you, and it's based on this thing that happened in Major League Baseball this weekend or this week. 
I guess it was this weekend, Chris Sale did a crazy thing uh, that only star pitchers in Major League Baseball can do. Uh, they get to pick their jerseys. He, didn't, he can't do it. Right. He did it. No. He can't do it. <laughs> That's a whole other discussion, but he was in the right. Um, he was not in the right. Basically, when you're the starting pitcher for the day in baseball, you get to pick your uniforms, you get to pick the music, you get to do everything you want to do. Um, so if you were the starting quarterback, and what he did is uh, they were wearing throwbacks that jersey or that, that day, and he didn't like that jersey. So well, he, he said they were uncomfortable, which is a decent uh, claim for a starting pitcher. Because they don't, they're not tuckable jerseys like the other jerseys you wear in baseball. Dara O'Neill once complained that the new socks that they were giving the specialists didn't fit in their shoes well enough. And so he made them, he was the only one who was allowed to wear the old socks. <laughs> So what he did is he cut up all of uh, a lot of his teammates' jersey in his own jersey so that they weren't able to wear the throwbacks that night, and uh, he got scratched from his start. So and if, suspended for his next start. Yes. So if you were the quarterback at CU, is there a jersey that you would say, oh, wow, this jersey's so bad, I am going to cut up all my teammates' jerseys so we don't have to wear it? Um, there, it's a tie between two, but I'm going to give the edge one. My first was the, uh, the white, black, white last year. That was so awful. That was so awful. Uh, but honestly, the worst was a couple years ago when they were still going with those awkward retro full uniforms. And it was the first time they added pink to the uniform. It was, so, it was done so half-assed. <laughs> the helmets looked like crap. The uniforms looked like... It was so lame that the idea that they would put that little effort into it disturbed me on a spiritual level. I would cut them up. I would burn them. I understand old-timers are going to go with the light blues or the powder blues. Mm. Understood. I wasn't around for that. Um, I actually really liked those silver throwbacks with the awkward the, yellow pants the and the horns. I well, liked those. Gold and on the players, top and then silver that's on what the bottom. It was. A lot yeah. of players actually liked those um, at that time. But to me, I got to go with the pink because it was, it was a – they tried to do something cool, but they didn't even have the energy to put effort into it, and it was bad. Okay, so I have a confession to make. You heard Will complain about the white, black, whites, and I was as vocal as anybody when those oh were revealed, that I, how much I hated them. Um, and you would have expected me to maybe chime in when he said that. I've, I've come around. No, you haven't. I've made a complete 180, and I think they're dope. I just I see all these pictures of them and I'm like oh and like at first I was like oh they're not terrible oh these are kind of cool they should wear those again I liked them a lot uh, actually I didn't like them a lot but now somehow I do so to the person if they're listening to this in Colorado marketing who DM me on Twitter like yo please chill I'm sorry <laughs> I was wrong about them they're kind of dope okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, so the ones for me that I would have cut up. You actually mentioned it was those ones they wore against Wyoming. Wyoming. Yep. Oh, dude, they're, that everyone knows my thoughts on having the right color gold. Yeah. They are the furthest thing from the right color gold. I mean, it's not even gold. It's hardly even yellow. It's closer to a beige. It's a Wyoming yellow is what it is. No, Wyoming is like bright yellow. Like, I mess with those jerseys. Those are terrible. So uh, saying in the uh, throwback realm, I would have cut those up. The helmets now, those were dope. The helmets were super but dope. everything else about that uniform was hot garbage. Um, I have an idea for throwback jerseys I'm just going to throw out there. 
when teams wear throwback jerseys, I think the refs should wear throwback jerseys those days. Like, the refs <laughs> should, like, dress up in, like, suits and run around the sideline. We're all about making it not about the refs. Were there – my question is this. I remember a couple of years ago when uh, – God, it was Boyle's first season. My, it might have been the first year they introduced them, the, sil- the grays. Mm-hmm. They weren't quite silver then, uh, the gray basketball uniforms. At the time, I was obsessed with them. I was like, these are so dope. They were. Now I look back at them, they were ugly. I thought they I were really nice. like the days, the Boyle days, when they had the f- or not the Boyle days, predate the Boyle days, where they had the four jerseys. They had the white, black, gold, and silver, never, and they had the USA flag. On gold the jerseys never work because no. you can't make yeah. them the right shade. The we only saw, thing that the works on basketball, gold, women's basketball, made they the weren't gold terrible. Work. They made them as close as you can get. Um, they just don't. They just don't work because. The only way you can, only things you can make the right color gold are pants, football pants, and football helmets, and they still can't even get the pants right. So, I somehow though, Florida State gets it right. They do. Florida State has the dopest uniform, and just everything they put that damn spear on. Did the you see shoes, the shoes that I tweeted? Everything the other day. they do is sick. The fact that they made the Nike symbol into yeah. uh, the it had the, the feathers. Spear, yeah. oh. College football. Outside of the state of Colorado. I, I love, love Florida State. I, don't, I, 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 I would probably go Florida State. I love me some white, burnt orange, white Texas. Because they're so – dude, they – plus, their players are always huge. So, they just, like, look they good look, on yeah, super yeah. jacked athletic. I, I've always really liked Northwestern's uniforms just because they're known for the Northwestern stripe. Okay. Um, another school in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan both have really great mm, Really bland I don't, I don't like it. I, I, don't I, don't, like I think they're bland, but, like, the helmet – for Michigan and the helmet for Ohio State, those are classics. They're I- they're iconic give for me, sure. Give me some LSU. Oh I like, yeah, I like LSU. LSU's, LSU. w- LSU's yellow on purple on white should not work, and it works. It's so awesome. The U, I like the U, um, except for they went Adidas now, so that's garbage. Uh, Maryland, Maryland goes <laughs> Under Armour, so they're garbage. Maryland is awesome. Um, Maryland's helmets are so fire. Washington honestly puts together yeah, some really nice like, uniforms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's a great call. I, I think purple in uniforms ends up looking pretty well. You mentioned you LSU, Washington. I, I love yeah. the Oklahoma Road uniforms with the just simple like the two stripes on the side because their helmet is the perfect kind of red. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the perfect kind of red. Uh, yeah. That's just my opinion. I just love football uniforms. Yeah, football. There are, I think they're my the least be- favorite uniforms. The best athletic uniform I've ever seen is the uh, Bob Huggins University of Cincinnati basketball uniforms with the blocks on the shorts. Those oh were God. absolute. I'm, I, to this day, I have tried to find like. It's way too 90s. It's so fire, though. So, and they had the long, uh, the long shoulder length. No, uh, that's it terrible. Was, oh, my God. It was awesome. It was like the N1 mixtape uniforms before the N1 mixtape. I think that's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs <laughs> podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Follow all of our content on bsnbuffs.com. Or whatever. Uh, he was Will Whalen. He was Ryan Koningsberg. I guess they're both still. I am Jake Shapiro. You can follow them on Twitter at Ryan Koningsberg, at William underscore Whalen, me at Chapalicious. Uh, you can follow all of our podcasts at the BSN Denver Podcast Network, which you can find on BSN Denver. <laughs>